Well, good morning, church. How are we doing today? Doing good? All right, cool, cool. So good morning to all you guys here in the room with us. And for those of you joining us online, it's good to be with everyone this morning. Uh, Hey, if you're able to, uh, wherever you are, I would like to invite you to stand up with us as we open today looking at God's word. And so if you could, if you're able, I would invite you to stand. Hey, in a world and a culture that is continuously changing, And even in a world where the church overall is becoming more and more divided, today I want to challenge us to dig into God's word and let that be what shapes us more than our own desires, more than our own uh, politics or opinions or the media or anything else. Because scripture always has been and scripture always will be a truth that we can rely on. And it gives us a great outline for how to let Christ shape our lives. And so that's what we're going to be starting with today. In Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 6, it says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Father, this morning, I am so thankful that we are able to gather here or wherever we are to worship you and to hear from you. In a world that's constantly at war with itself, God, my prayer today is that we would learn how to rise up and be the church and the people that you have called us to be. God, speak to us today and help us to listen. Thank you for your never-ending love, your grace, your mercy. It is in your name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You guys can have a seat. Thank you. So, uh, hey, let's start off with a question today. I've got one rule for this question. So the rule is answer for yourself and yourself only. So not for the person next to you, definitely not for your spouse, not for your kids or anyone. Just answer for you and you only. So here's the question. Are you a patient person? Think through that a little bit. Some of you laughed. I like that. You're my people. Um, But no, think about that for a little bit. If you want to, whisper your answer to somebody else. If you're with us online, just type a yep or a nope in the chat. Uh, But before you get too eager to say, yeah, I'm a patient person, let me throw a couple phrases at you and let's let's see how we feel, okay? So let's go here. Uh, Kids, yours or somebody else's, doesn't matter. What about uh, drive-thrus, slow internet, (laughs) customer service, the DMV, slow drivers? I'll ask again, are you a patient person? Your answer may have changed. My answer was always no, so there we go. Uh, Man, a lot of things in life take time. There's either a process that you need to follow or there's a certain timeline of events that have to happen in a certain order. It could be learning a new skill. It could be advancing in your job. It could be building a relationship. There are lots of things that all take time, even ordinary things like making chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate chip cookie people, where you at? Okay, okay, there we go. Uh, But it's a simple process, but there's still a process. Now, I'm not talking about the break and bake cookies because those are a one-step process. And you may be thinking, there's more steps than that. You have to break, then bake, then cool, 
That's three wrong. You break those things right into your mouth. It's awesome. One step, good to go. Now there's probably some moms out there going, well, that's not safe. You're going to get that salmonella. I have never heard of anyone getting salmonella poisoning from raw cookie dough. Let me live my life. What were we talking about? Patience, patience. There are things that just take time. One thing that takes time that we are all familiar with is growth. And it doesn't matter what kind of growth you're talking about. You can talk about growth from the aspect of our physical growth, from a baby into an adult. You can talk about the growth of a seed into a plant or a tree, or even the growth of our relationship with God. No matter how you talk about it, growth takes time. It's never an instant thing. It requires us to be patient and intentional. Sometimes we're okay with something having a process. Sometimes we're okay with something taking a little bit of time to develop. But other things we have very little patience for. Especially when what we're waiting for we know is going to be so good. Those are the things that we have a hard time waiting for. We want the results now. We want the outcome now. And when we have to wait for it or work for it, that's when things get a little tense. That's when we tend to to give up or quit because it just takes too long. That's why I don't have abs. That and donuts. But, you know, but there are lots of people in our world that are great at showing patience. Spoiler alert, I'm not one of those people. I have walked through the drive-thru because the line inside was too long and I didn't want to get back in my car. Uh, I've eaten Hot Pockets that were still cold on the inside because I was done waiting for the microwave. I've cut line. I speed past slow cars. If there's a shortcut, I'm absolutely trying it. You want to test my patience. You put me in line at Starbucks behind 10 people who are getting their frou-frou drink that has 12 words in the title and I just want my black coffee. Mmm. You know who you are, Fitz. Man, there are some times when I am just not great at being patient. There are certain situations where patience, I have to work for it. But man, when it comes to growing up, especially growing up in our faith, patience is a necessity. Because growing up in a healthy way, it takes time. There's a process to getting good results, and you can't rush it. You ever watch something grow up? Maybe you got a puppy, and you've watched it over the years grow up into a full-grown dog. Or maybe when we talk about growing up, you think of your kids and watching them grow up, usually a lot quicker than we would like. When I was little, we would always find tadpoles, or we would find caterpillars, and we'd catch them, and we would put them in a cage or an aquarium Don't mix the two and put them in the wrong place because that's bad. But we would watch over the next several weeks as the tadpoles would grow and change and become frogs. Or we would watch the caterpillars grow and change and become butterflies. And it's just so cool to watch something like that. And it's such a simple reminder of the beautiful ways that God works. But those things took time. There was a process. When something grows up, it becomes a different being, a different version of what it used to be. And it's able to do things that it couldn't do before. And that's exactly what happens when we grow up in our faith. Today, we're continuing our series, Rise Up. And Fitz kicked us off two weeks ago, setting the tone for what it means to rise up in a world and a culture that is sinking fast. 
Last week, JC brought the message of how in order to rise up, we need to cheer up. And it was a great message. If you didn't hear it or you just want to listen to it again, I would absolutely encourage you to go back and check that out. And if you haven't guessed yet, our focus today is grow up. Okay, so throughout this series, we're chasing this question of how do we rise up when our culture is sinking? For those of us who are claiming to be Jesus followers, one main way that we rise up is to grow up in our faith. Now to go ahead and avoid any emails you may want to send, this is not an attack on your spiritual maturity. That is not the goal of today. That is not the point. The goal for us today is to be clear and direct. That our faith journey, our relationship, and our experience with God is a never-ending process. However, if you get offended at someone suggesting that you might have some more room to grow in your faith, then I think we've got an indicator that maybe we're not quite where we thought we were. Just like anything else where growth is involved, growing up in our faith takes time. It takes patience. There are things that we have to do, and there's certain disciplines that we have to put into practice. When we start doing these things to help our roots grow in Jesus, things like reading our Bible consistently and praying, things like doing what God asks us to do and not doing what he tells us not to do. When we start doing those things, we continue to grow up in our relationship with God. And whenever we are growing in our faith, we are becoming a different person, and that's a good thing. You see, God designed us to experience and to model an ever-developing faith, a faith that never stops growing. But just like planting a seed that turns into a plant or a tree, growing up in our faith is a process. It takes time. So let's think about growing a plant real quick. Who are my gardeners out there? Where are you at? You like gardening, flowers, all that kind of stuff? I'm with you, okay? If you're online with us, just type garden geek in the chat there. No shame. We're all good. But think about growing a plant. What's the process? What steps do you need to take? Well, you've got to make sure you get the ground ready. You've got to make sure you've got good soil for planting. You've got to clear out any bad things that are there or any stuff that can hinder growth and doesn't need to be there. Then you've got to dig a hole. You've got to plant the seed. You've got to cover it back up. You've got to water it. You've got to make sure it's protected until it's strong enough to survive on its own. There's a process. But none of that stuff matters if you don't have the seed first. That's kind of the most important step. You see, you can prepare the ground, you can dig a hole, fill it back up, water it, but if you don't have the seed, nothing is going to happen. In that same way of thinking, if you don't decide to start a real and honest relationship with Jesus, none of the other spiritual things you do really matter. So you can be at church every time the doors are open or watch us online every time we go live. But if you leave God at the door when you walk out or when you close the computer, it doesn't really matter. You can read the Bible every day and you can memorize verses. You can even get a tattoo with it. But if you aren't changing your thoughts, words, and actions to line up with what the Bible says, it doesn't really matter. You can even tell other people about Jesus, but if your life isn't setting the example of what it looks like to follow Christ and do the things that he tells us to do and set the example for others so that they can find and follow Jesus, it doesn't really matter. And that's why the process of growing up in our faith 
is so important. Because if you just throw seeds out in the yard and you expect a strong, healthy, thriving garden to grow up, you're going to be disappointed. You can't just go to church or just be in a small group or just say the right things and not say the wrong things and expect your life to change if you aren't willing to do what it takes to grow up. So it naturally seems like we've got a question to answer. Okay, so how do I grow up in my faith? Now, I hate, I shouldn't say hate, I really don't like when someone asks me a question like that and then doesn't give me an answer. Does that bother anybody else? All right, cool. See you guys next week. No, so we've got this question. How do I grow up in my faith? And like many questions that we have, God gives us an answer. It's right in scripture. And and this isn't some cherry-picked verse taken out of context just to make my point. No, Paul is talking specifically about how to grow your faith In his letter to the Colossians, he shows us the process. He shows us how to start it, what to do along the way, and the result. And so it's the passage that we started with, and I want to go back to it and see if you pick up the process. I'll point it out along the way. Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 6. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, step one, you must continue to follow him, step two. Let your roots grow down into him, step three, and let your lives be built on him, step four. And here's the result. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. If we want to grow up in our faith, if we want uh, to, to increase our relationship with Jesus, our roots have to grow down into Jesus. And so today I've got five things for us to help us grow up in our faith. And I'm not telling you that these are five things you have to do because the reality of it is, is you have to make the decision to make your faith your own. I can't do that for you. That is a decision that each individual has to make. And these aren't the only five things that help growth, but it's a place to start. And before you think, oh, five things, it's going to take forever. I'll go quick. Just be patient. See how it turns around? So five things to help us grow up in our faith. Number one, slow up. In order to grow up, we need to slow up. See, we've all missed things because we were too busy or moving at too fast a pace. And we've all done things or said things that we later regretted because we reacted too hastily, getting caught up in the moment. But when we slow down, we open up the opportunity to, opportunity to see things that we wouldn't normally see. We can process decisions better when we take some time. And we can avoid undesirable situations or outcomes if we are patient and slow to respond. And scripture talks about this a lot, starting Proverbs chapter 14, verse 29. It says, people with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. Proverbs 16.32 says, Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. And then one we're all probably more familiar with, James 1.19 says, You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. In order to grow up, we need to slow up. On March 13, 2020, all of us had slowness forced upon us. 
As more and more restrictions went into place due to COVID-19, a lot of us found ourselves with more time on our hands. And I know for a lot of you, it wasn't your choice. But I would ask you, because I've had to reflect on this question a whole lot, have you taken advantage of the slower pace over these last three months? If you haven't, I would encourage you to start now. When we slow up, we can grow up. The second thing, own up. In order to grow up in our faith, we need to own up to the fact that we need Jesus. The COVID pandemic has affected us for a brief moment of time in the big picture of history. The pandemic of sin, man, that has plagued us for all eternity. Romans 5.12 says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Since that first sin in the Garden of Eden, there has not been one person who's lived a perfect life outside of Jesus. Go ahead and think of the best person you know or the best person you've heard about. You can think of people like Mother Teresa or Billy Graham or Hanson Gregory. And you're, you're like, who's Hanson Gregory? He's the guy who invented donuts. And if you don't think that's a guy that is great and we're celebrating, I don't know. But no, even the Apostle Paul, the, most, the arguably most important person in Christianity after Jesus, well, he said that he was what? The chief of sinners. And so if these champions of faith, if people like Mother Teresa and Billy Graham and the Apostle Paul all owned up to the fact that they were sinners and nowhere near perfect, I'd better be willing to own up to the fact that I'm a sinner too and I need Jesus. First John chapter 1, starting in verse 8, says, If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. To grow up, we need to slow up. We need to own up. We also need to show up. See, when it comes to any relationship, there are a lot of things that are true. And one of the biggest things that's true about all relationships is that for it to even be considered a relationship, there has to be at least two people or parties involved. If it's just you, that's not a relationship. It's just you. Uh, and so you've got to have at least two people involved. Think of any relationship that you have. There are at least two sides involved. There's you and your spouse, you and your friends, you and your boss, you and your parents. There's always at least two people involved in any relationship. And in order for it to be a successful, healthy relationship, both sides have to show up and both sides have to do their part. We've all probably been a part of unhealthy relationships where the other side did not do their part, and that's why that relationship doesn't exist anymore, hopefully. When it comes to our relationship with God, there are several things that are just like any other relationship. In our relationship with God, there are two parts. There's two sides with two roles to play. There is God's part and there's our part. And both sides, for this to be a healthy, successful, growing relationship, both sides have to show up. And here's the thing. God always shows up. 
God always shows up. He is always there because he never left. That truth was promised to Joshua and Isaiah and David. It's the words that Jesus left with his disciples before he returned to heaven. And Jesus' words that surely I will be with you until the end of the age are still true for us today. God always shows up. But we have to show up too. I think we would all agree that relationships are hard. And it's no different when it comes to our relationship with God. As humans, we have the tendency to bounce from a relationship if it gets too challenging or if it gets too hard or calls for too much change on our part because it's just so much easier to give up instead of putting in the work. But when it comes to God, he will do the heavy lifting. We just need to show up. So a good place to start, Micah chapter 6, verse 8, it says, No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. To grow up, we need to slow up, we need to own up, we need to show up, and sometimes we need to shut up. Now, I'm very well aware that in in several of your households, that language may not fly and that may not be okay to use and it may sound rude or insulting, but I also need you to pay attention to the fact that I said we and not you. Because I think all of us can agree that our world could do with a little more shutting up. Now, when I say this, I'm not talking about shutting up from the other side of the aisle. I'm not talking about shutting up from this organization or from that movement or from that politician. I'm talking about all of us together in all of this because it's really hard to hear from God if we are always talking and yelling and just making noise. Growing up includes a good amount of shutting up. I've always liked the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs always has a lot of good advice, and sometimes it can just be funny. So to give you some examples, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 9, it says, It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. Guys, do not amen. Proverbs 21, 19, it's better to live alone in the desert than with a quarrelsome complaining wife. Proverbs 27, 15, a quarrelsome wife is as annoying as constant dripping on a rainy day. I don't know why the book of Proverbs talks about this subject so much. I I don't. It's just kind of funny. But I think it's probably tied in with another topic frequently brought up in the book that a lot of us, guys, girls, whatever, we all struggle with. And that topic is stop talking. See, we all have experienced times when we spoke up when it would have been better to just stay quiet. And we've all experienced those moments where we find ourselves way past the point where we should have stopped talking, but we're still saying stuff. We've all experienced those moments. There's a saying that's commonly uh, credited to Abraham Lincoln. We're not sure if he was the originator, but the saying is this, better to stay silent and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Think about that for a second. Man, sometimes we just need to stop talking. Or because of how our world operates today, sometimes we need to just stop typing. Words are powerful. God knows the power of words because he created them. And I think that's why the book of Proverbs gives so many warnings about talking too much. Look at this. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3. It says, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Proverbs 17, 28, even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. 
In Proverbs 29, 20, there is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. Being careful about the words we choose to use or not use is very important. It's important because with our words, we can tear down or we can build up. With our words, we can glorify God or we can speak curses. It's important to think about the words that we use and pay attention to it because Jesus says in Matthew 12, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. There are words that need to be said. There are times when we need to speak up. But there's also times when we need to just be quiet. If you're anything like me, you go through seasons and times and trials and experiences where you've got lots of things that you want to say to God and you're going to let him know what's going on and why you're frustrated. And he wants to hear that stuff. He is uh, always after an honest relationship with us. But there are lots of times when we just fire question after question after question that we want answers to. But we never stop talking. If we keep talking, how do we expect to hear anything? Our oldest son, Calvin, is three years old. And if there's anything that will test your relationship with God, it is a strong-willed three-year-old. Can I get an amen? Man, I love that dude. But there are some times when he loses his ever-loving mind, and I have no doubt that movies like The Exorcist are real. But in those moments, I find myself over and over again as calmly as possible saying, buddy, if you would just calm down and stop yelling, you would hear what I'm saying. You can't hear me if you keep talking. Do you ever think God is waiting for you to stop talking so that maybe you can hear his voice? For us to grow up, we need to slow up. We need to own up. We need to show up. Sometimes we need to shut up. We always need to look up. And this one's pretty straightforward. If we want to grow up in our relationship with God, if we want to have the best shot at making our faith stronger, we have to look up to Jesus, who, as the author of Hebrews says, is the founder and perfecter of our faith. And this idea is taught and preached and reinforced throughout the entire Bible. It is everywhere. All of Scripture teaches the importance of staying connected to our source of strength and power. But if you really want to see this idea over and over again, look at the book of Psalms. It starts in chapter 1. Psalm 1 tells us that those who delight and meditate on God's word are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither. They prosper in all they do. Psalm 119.11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And Psalm 119.105 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. When God's speaking directly to Joshua, he tells him in Joshua 1.8, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you succeed and prosper in all you do. In order to grow up, we have to look up to God and listen to what he tells us to do. But this can be difficult sometimes for a lot of reasons. The main reason is we're really good at making excuses. 
We make excuses like, well, I don't have time or I don't know where to start or I'll do it later. I'm too busy right now. And for you, that may sound like a legit excuse, but it won't cut it. I think another reason that we have such a hard time spending consistent quality time in scripture is that there's so many other options that we think are of the same value and accomplish the same goal. Getting the verse of the day on your phone is great, but if that's your only interaction with scripture, that won't cut it. Devotionals are great, but those are not a substitute for studying God's word for yourself. You have to be in the word consistently. If the majority of your time is spent reading devotionals and not the Bible, you're still an infant and it's time to grow up. You're still on milk and milk is good, but steak is better. It just takes more effort. Now, if you're uh, having some problems getting into this and you need help figuring out a pattern for studying scripture or where to start or how to get into a consistent time of reading the Bible, reach out to us and let us know because we would love to help you with that. If you want someone just to sit down and read through scripture with you, I am down for that all day long. Let us know how we can help you. Now, for those of you who are more on the scholarly side and you read book after book about what the Bible says and about all these ideas of theology and philosophy and how God wants us to live our lives, if the Bible still isn't your number one text, you're trying to build a house without a solid foundation. Don't read more books about the Bible than actually reading the Bible. Growth takes time. There's a process to good, healthy growth. Growth takes patience, and that doesn't jive with a world that is built on instant gratification. We can't make our relationship with God perfect in a moment, and for a lot of us, that's what makes us check out. When it takes too long for something to happen, when something takes more work than we think it should, we think there's a problem or it's not worth it, and it's no different when it comes to our faith. In fact, you guys want some good news? I'm, I'm just, I feel like bringing the joy this morning. You and I are never going to be perfect. We are never going to finish our faith journey until we are face to face with Jesus. And in that moment, we will have no questions that it was all worth it. In a world and a culture that's sinking fast, it's time for us to rise up and be the church that God has called us to be, to be the Jesus follower that God has created you to be, and for us to do the best we can to help everyone find and follow Jesus. Growing up in our faith takes time. It's hard. We will have to change and sacrifice and be honest with ourselves and with other people. Living a life chasing after Jesus isn't easy, but he is the only one who provides the hope we so desperately need. There is no bad outcome to growing up in our relationship with Jesus. It won't fix every problem immediately. It will force us to make some tough decisions. It means you will not always get your way. But since the beginning of time, our way doesn't really seem to be working out too good, does it? If we really put Jesus first in our lives, we will find the courage 
we will find the boldness to take on the challenges that we face with the hope that Jesus will do awesome things because he's done it before. And so take it personal and take it as a challenge when I say it is time for us to grow up. I pray with me. Father, we thank you once again for being a God that is always there, a God that is always by our side, our God that always provides what we need. Father, my prayer today is that we would all take on this challenge to continue growing up in our faith, growing up in our relationship with you. If this is the first time that we are making that decision, God, help us to jump in and ask questions and say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but I want to learn. For those of us who are farther along in our relationship but nowhere near done, God, I pray that we would look out for those people who are wanting to learn more and we would be available and we would let them know, I don't have all the answers, but I will help you however I can. God, for a lot of us, myself included, I pray that we would have the humility to own up to the fact that I don't have it all figured out. I've still got a lot of things to learn and to be open to what it is you are trying to teach us. God, thank you for being a God that is always present, always there. Help us to lean into that. God, help us to never stop seeking to grow our relationship with you, knowing that when we stay connected to you, when we do the things we need to do to grow our relationship, it will provide fruit and the results that show people your love. God, use us for incredible things. Help us to be open and willing to be used by you. God, we thank you. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.